Hey there, future fans! This week we have, uh, well, um, well, well, we have a show. Yay! This is the week of April 10th, 2020, and you are listening to episode 169 of Future Flicks with Billiam. everyone welcome to the show that's right we are back i know i said i'd take a two-week break after ammo crossing but then i took a three-week break because well i'm gonna be honest part of it was more animal crossing new horizons on the nintendo switch if you play let me know we can add each other be friends visit each other's islands i haven't done anything impressive yet i'm not one of those builders that that does crazy shit. when i played minecraft i mainly just had fun mining i didn't really build stuff besides a box i'm going okay this box is my house let's put another box on the side of that okay that's another room but you know what i still have fun with it right now on my island i have cherries and oranges so if you need those let me know but enough about animal crossing ladies and gentlemen welcome to future flicks with billiam what are you listening to well i'll tell you what this show is normally because this isn't going to be a normal episode, and I'll tell you why. After the intro, what this show normally is, is a show about movies that are coming out in the future. Normally on the show, we start off with the news, that is any new news that has caught my eye since the last episode. Then we go into the trailer trove, which are any new trailers I've caught my eye since the last episode. And then we go into the movies, again, normally. In those sections, we split them up into two. That's the limited release movies and the wide releases and interesting indies. In the limited release section, I tell you what the movie is, what it's about, and who's in it. And that's usually it, unless I have something to say about it, but I normally don't. And remember, when I do judge these movies, I judge them only on the trailer. Because I am not some bigwig, I am not some big shot podcaster, YouTuber, influencer type person who gets to see movies before they're released. No, I am like you, my future friends. And I base all of my decisions only on the trailer. But after the limited section, we have the wide releases and interesting indies, which is basically the same except for a few key differences. We tell you what the movie is, what it's about, who's in it, and then I give you my thoughts on the movie, and then, and then we wrap it all up with the Billiam's interest level score, which goes anywhere from a zero for those awful, awful looking films, to an 11 for those films that make me oh so happy to have movies in my life. We then wrap it all up with a question of the week, and then I send you along your way to the other great shows you listen to, like the Friends of the Show's the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network, the Watch Your Mouth Podcast, and we're doing fine with Robbie and Lisa. So that's normally the show, but I told you that this show would be a little different, so how is it going to be different? Well, as some of you may know, maybe a couple of you have noticed that theaters aren't open anymore. In fact, a couple weeks ago, for the first time ever, 
The US box office hit zero dollars and it has been at zero since then. So I actually thought about not having any more episodes until that came back, but then I, I do miss this and I thought, what if, what if I can make at least one person, one of you out there, smile a bit? What if there's at least one person who would hear a new episode of Future Flicks and feel like life is at least somewhat normal? So I thought, I like it. And at least a couple of you like it, because I know I have some listeners out there, which I appreciate. So let's go back to it. So I can't talk about any movies coming out in the future, because as we know, that's still up in the air. A lot of release dates have been pushed back, a lot of them. And as we know, there are others that aren't, and they're just going straight to streaming. So when things go back to normal, it's going to be very interesting. We're going to have some huge weeks, assuming we get back to normal this year, which I, I, I think we will. At least I pray we will. So right now on this show, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the news. We're going to talk about some new trailers I've dropped. And do keep in mind, since the last episode, three weeks ago, I, I indeed, yes, I have missed a couple trailers and I have missed some news. I will do my best. And as always, I will rely on you to let me know about any I miss that you think I should talk about. As of yet, no one has taken me up on that offer, but it's always out there. If I missed something that you thought I should have talked about, let me know. Contact me in one of the normal ways to contact me. You can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram, which I've been bad about recently, I know. And if you know me, then you'll know I go through ways of being really good about it, really bad about it, really good about it, really bad about it. And right now, we're, in, we're the really bad about it stages. But still, it's always a good place to contact me. Uh, so Twitter and Instagram, at BilliamSWN. Email me, BilliamReviews at gmail.com. If you're one of the listeners that know me personally, text me or just shout at me when you see me. P please don't shout that loud. I, I easily scare. But, um, you know, let me know. So, ladies and gentlemen, my future friends, let us start with our first segment, which, as always, is the news. This just in from Hollywood, the news. Let's start with this first story from 1428elm.com. That's a site, oh, right? Okay, cool. Anyway, this is just about one of the delays. There are many, many delays. We all know this, but we know that Candyman is delayed until September. I'm not going to go deeper into some of these delays because that, that's really it. We know why. And if you remember this next story from SABC News... Oh, apparently out of South Africa. That's weird. That's one reason I like Flipboard. I've, I've talked about this many times. I use the app Flipboard, thanks to a recommendation from my wife. And it, it does pull from many different sources. But as many of you know, when all of this was starting to be a thing, when coronavirus was first on the map, Disney wasn't moving things around. As we know, Onward did hit theaters. It did a piss poor job in theaters. And we know why. It's obvious why. I did mention in the episode when we talked about Onward that Disney wasn't pushing it the same way they did like Toy Story 4 up those movies, but that doesn't account for how bad it did. The coronavirus does. Well, Disney finally decided to push things around because guess what? There are no open movie theaters. So Mulan now is set for July and all of their other movies are being moved around as well. And I really, really wouldn't be surprised if Mulan was pushed back even farther Though there are rumors that Disney is considering just bringing up more movies that are to be released in theaters straight to Disney+. In a story from Us Weekly, a lot of you have been talking about that show Tiger King, and I have yet to see it, though I would really be interested to see what the Watch Your Mouth podcast has to say about it, because Carol Baskin, who is featured in the Tiger King documentary TV show, 
is the founder of Big Cat Rescue, which a couple semesters ago, the Watch Your Mouth podcast donated to. Anyway, there is going to be a TV show based on this documentary, and Kate McKinnon is set to play Carol Baskin. Well, apparently Carol Baskin has requested that Kate McKinnon do something very specific, and that's remember her cause. She says that she hopes Kate McKinnon will focus on the horrible lives captive big cats lead when exploited by breeders like Joe Exotic. So there, that's probably relevant to a lot of you. In news from comicbook.com, Shazam 2 is supposed to be filmed this year, but we'll see if that happens. You know, my future friends, I just want to take a moment to call out this beer I'm drinking and how wonderful it is. As you know, the world of beer is huge. And if you come to my area of California, you'll get certain brews where if you visit the other Somewhat Nerdy Crew or the Watch Your Mouth podcast over in Louisiana, you will be close to Abita, which is a fantastic brewery and you'll get other beers that you don't get here but i think lagunitas is one of the bigger of the micro brews why do i bring this up because i was drinking their 2020 one hitter series the waldo's special ale and if you can find yourself any get your hands on it i liked last year's waldo waldo's but 2020's waldo's is fantastic it is High ABV, it's 11.7 ABV, but it doesn't taste like it. It's very drinkable. It's very smooth, very fruity, very, very aromatic, and uh, it's really good. And I I don't drink as much as I used to when I was younger, so this 11.7 beer has uh, has me pretty toasty. But now we're going to move on to Antifreeze, a hazy double IPA from Gilman Brewing Company out of Berkeley, California. Yay! beer well that is nice too okay less fruity more smooth all right in this next story from digital spy the golden globe awards are changing their eligibility rules due to the coronavirus and we knew this would happen we knew that this would have to happen you may not have actively thought about it but it makes sense it's one of those things where you're where where you hear a story like that and you're like yeah well duh of course So the organization currently has a rule that states a film must be screened for the HFPA members in person in the Los Angeles area in order to be considered for nomination. But it has now introduced new guidelines which state that film distributors should contact the HFPA to arrange a screening date which still needs to meet the timing requirements and that members must be provided with a link or a DVD copy of the film to watch on this date. We also know that a lot of these award ceremonies don't consider straight to straight to VOD or straight to streaming movies a lot because normally there's a rule that films can only be considered for nomination if they have been released in cinemas or made available on pay-per-view cable or pay-per-view digital delivery in the Los Angeles area for minimum of seven days beginning before December 31st. But the HFPA will now also consider films that had a theatrical release planned to begin in Los Angeles between March 15th and April 30th. Those dates, of course, subject to change. It doesn't say it in here, but obviously it's subject to change seeing as how long the shit goes on. They did say that the HFPA will consider to assess the impact of the COVID-19 epidemic on the motion picture and television distribution and exhibition and may extend these suspensions of the Golden Globe Awards rules and may make other temporary variations to those rules as it considers appropriate in the future you know what i I think i stumbled a bit saying that but i really don't want to record that again and for those of you who haven't heard this from GameSpot, ryan reynolds is set to star in the dragon's lair movie that is being produced by netflix 
In sad news, this 13 days ago, Stuart Gordon, the director of such movies as Reanimator, has passed away at the age of 72. Oh, he also, let me see, he also did the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids franchise. Oh, wow. No cause of death was revealed. So there's no no belief that it has anything to do with the coronavirus. Oh, here it is. 15 days ago, the American box office hits zero for the first time ever. This from comicbook.com. This story from BuzzFeed of all places, I guess they got tired of lists, right? Apparently, Jake Gyllenhaal has just revealed that Heath Ledger refused to present at the Oscars over, over a homophobic Brokeback Mountain joke. And you know what? Good for him. This next story comes to us from Deadline. Disney's Bob Iger says that a few more movies might be going directly to Disney Plus after Artemis Fowl. Artemis Fowl, already notorious as far as the fans of the book series go for being a hot mess is going straight to Disney Plus, and it's not being postponed until the theaters open. Maybe because they realized, oh, we f***ed this up. This movie looks horrible. So we will see, and you will know, because I'll tell you if you don't hear it on your own, what movies are added to that list later. In a news story from CBR.com, Amber Heard may face prison if she's found guilty on falsifying information against Johnny Depp. So what I'm gathering from all this stuff that's been com- that's come out between Depp and Heard is that they're both shitty people. And um, this, this story is funny. It has nothing to do with movies, really. It's just funny. Louisiana police, uh, Crowley area, to be exact, apologize for using the siren from The Purge to, signif- to signify the coronavirus curfew. <laughs> That's fucking amazing. That's nothing you should have to apologize for. Not at all. You should, you should be saying, you're welcome. You're fucking welcome. And if you were angered by this, eat shit. And ladies and gentlemen, as far as I'm concerned, that is it for the news. Seriously, all the rest of the news is either about movies being delayed, people talking about their favorite streaming services, or, you know, the 10 movies you should watch on Netflix right now, or just gossip about movies that have already come out. So if you know of any other stories that I should have talked about, as always, let me know. But my future friends, let us take a break as we hear a word from our friends at the somewhat nerdy radio podcast please stay tuned are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture well look no further somewhat nerdy radio is the podcast for you we cover nerd culture news new movie reviews bad movie reviews video games comics with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout Somewhat Nerdy Radio is a flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. And we're back. We are back with everyone's favorite segment, The Trailer Trove. Avast, and welcome to The Trailer Trove. All right, my future friends, let us start with the first trailer that caught my eye and it just came out today. I'm recording this on the 7th and it's for a movie called Extraction that's coming out on Netflix, straight to Netflix on April 24th. And this is a movie from director Sam Hargrave who worked on films like... Okay, this is his first feature-length film, but he did stunts for all of the all of the Marvel movies, apparently. And why does that matter? Well, this movie is produced by the Russo brothers. Yes, Marvel's the Russo brothers produce this movie. So obviously they trust this guy. And this was written by written by the Russo brothers as well, based on the graphic novel Ciudad. And it stars Chris Hemsworth, David Harbour, and 
God, I feel so bad. I don't know how to say her name. I think it's Golshifeth Farahani. You know her from movies like Body of Lies, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales, and Patterson. And relative newcomer Rudraksh Jaiswal. And in unrelated news, if any of you out there are better at pronouncing uh, foreign names than I am, please let me know. And please let me know how to say these names, because I feel bad. I do. Anyway, this movie is about this guy named Tyler Rake. He's a fearless black market mercenary, and he embarks on the most deadly extraction of his career when he's enlisted to rescue the kidnapped son of an imprisoned international crime lord. And during the rescue, shit goes south. He's not going to get paid, and he's told that, you know what, just forget the kid, let him die or kill him yourself, and we'll come and get you. To which he goes, no, nay, fair lords and ladies, for I am a hero and cannot do such a thing. If you're interested in the film, if you, if you like movies like Body of Lies and Jarhead, not Jarhead, that's not a really good example, but, you know, spy thrillers like the Bourne movies and stuff like that, just watch this film because it's free on Netflix. What do you have to lose? Because I think the trailer spoils the ending and I really hope it doesn't because I hate that shit. And I know I mentioned David Harbour's name, but it doesn't seem like he's that big of a person in this movie. It looks like it's mainly Chris Hemsworth and the kid, Rudraksh Jaiswal. I am so sorry, young man. Anyway, this film looks really entertaining. And like I said, there's no reason you shouldn't watch this unless you totally hate movies like this. And of course, pass. But if you are even remotely interested in this, check it out on April 24th. Ladies and gentlemen, next up, we have the trailer for Peninsula, also known as Train to Busan 2. Yes, this is the sequel to the 2016 South Korean zombie film. And this takes place four years after, and the world has been overrun with zombies, and it's about a group of survivors. And from watching the trailer, to me, it just seems like what The Walking Dead should have been, and not feeling like it goes on for f***ing ever and is the most depressing thing in the world, just a short, entertaining movie. This film looks like it had a higher budget, maybe because Train to Busan did so well, and it just looks like a very entertaining zombie film that is set to come out this year, but, you know, we'll see. We'll, we'll see when it actually does. Well, my future friends, that's actually it. All of the trailers that came out really didn't look that good. The most interesting other one was a film called Almost Love, which, eh, nah. And I think we know why, because... Because I think a lot of companies that do have a trailer to release are going to wait for movies to come back into theaters. There are rumors that we're going to start seeing some bigger trailers drop, and we will see if that happens. But as for right now, there's not a lot going on. So you know what? Let's just wrap up the trailer trove. And you know what? If you know of any other trailer that came out that you think I should have talked about, guess what? Guess what I'm going to say? That's right. You know. Let me know. And it's time to talk about what, what I really want to talk about on this show. And since I only had two movies in the trailer trove, let's do a discussion about what we're going to do and then take the break. So about a week ago, or maybe about two weeks, I was messaging both Dan and Critter from the Watch Your Mouth podcast. Uh, they both mess messaged me about separate things, but then we started talking about the fact that they have a Patreon, and on that Patreon, they they have another show. And so they start saying, hey, you should do a Patreon. And I always thought, I, I don't have anything, though. I don't want to just put something out there saying, hey, give me money and get nothing in return but what you're already getting for free. And I've thought about doing new shows. You you remember about my two failed ideas. And let's be honest, it's not failed because the show didn't work. It failed because there's no follow through. But during this quarantine, 
my wife and I have been watching a lot more movies and TV. And then so when I realized it was time to do another episode that I did want to continue this show, even with no movies coming out in theaters, I knew I had to do something besides just talk about news and trailers. Because if I did just the news and trailers to be an 18 minute show, and I don't know, some of you might not mind, but then I thought I could talk about some of the movies we've been watching. I have a stack right here because we just happened to make it to the Los Gatos Public Library before all of this shit hit the fan. And we borrowed a bunch of movies and we thought, oh no, we'll only have a, a couple weeks to watch these. But then guess what? The library's closed and they say, hey, keep this for months. So we had a lot more time to watch the 10 movies I think we, we got out. And I had already thought of this idea beforehand, but it was brought up again by Anne. It was brought up again by Dan and Critter. It was brought up again by other people who don't even listen to this podcast that I know personally. And I thought, yeah, let's talk about movies I've seen. And what was most important to me moving forward with this is that I had to be honest about it. Not saying that I was going to lie and go, oh, this, this highbrow indie movie gets a 10 out of 11, but this... But this most unwatchable big-budget blockbuster only gets a two. <laughs> no, not, not shit like that. I, I had to be honest in the fact that I'm not the type of person to be able to break it down by going, oh, the actors like this, cinematography, blah, blah, blah. So what I'm going to do for you right now, right, this very moment, is talk to you just about the movies I've seen. What I liked, what I didn't like, give it a score. And if this works, if I get even any positive feedback, then I think I could potentially make this a a second show. And if I think that could work, and then maybe I'll do a Patreon, we'll see. But for now, let us take our next break as we hear word from our friends at the Nerds of the Squared Circle podcast, and then we'll get back with the one, two, three, four, five, six, maybe six movies I want to talk about. We'll see how the time goes. But for now, let us go into our next break, so please stay tuned. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! Yeah. Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast. Someone to read a comms, Nerds of the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. All right, everyone, we're back with the show, and let's start with a movie that, if you remember when it came out, I was actually quite interested in. So we managed to get it on Blu-ray from the Los Gatos Library, and that movie is called Brightburn. If you don't remember, Brightburn was a movie from last year, And the premise is basic. What if a child from another world crash landed on Earth, but instead of becoming a hero to mankind, he proved to be something far more sinister. So this was directed by a guy named David Yarovsky, who actually hasn't done a whole lot. He did a movie called The Hive back in 2014. And besides video, like short movies and music videos, hasn't done much. So that's not necessarily a bad thing. We all know that people have to start somewhere. This was written by Brian and Mark Gunn, who have written things like Journey to the Mysterious Island and is writing the Jupiter's Legacy TV show. If you're a fan of comics at all, you'll know that that is a actually quite a good comic series. Not from, oh, was it Image or IDW? I forgot. From some from some non-Marvel and DC company. They also, if you remember, they wrote 
together the series. And that was the fake TV show. Well, uh, the fake boy band called Together, who did that song, The Hardest Part of Breaking Up is Getting Back Your Stuff. This movie starred Elizabeth Banks from the Pitch Perfect series, David Denman from 13 Hours and Logan Lucky, and Matt Jones from TV shows like Breaking Bad and NCIS, though we'll forgive him from NC- for NCIS. And as the alien kid, a kid named Jackson A. Dunn, who you saw in Avengers Endgame as a 12-year-old Scott Lang. He was also in a couple episodes of Shameless. So I was actually quite stoked to watch this movie. I really want to see it. If you know me, you know I love Superman. So the idea of an evil Superman at the time was a really interesting idea. It wasn't until I talked to my friend Figbar, who is a big comic guy, who brought the fact that he hates this idea of people saying, what if Superman was bad? And it bothers him because, well, Superman's not. That's the thing. That's a whole story behind him that Superman is this greater being who was taught to be human by two people in a podunk nothing city and became one of the greatest examples of humanity anywhere in fiction. So this idea that what if we have this super being who's just batch crazy murders people is kind of boring and it's not interesting where Superman Red Sun, not quite an evil Superman per se, but just more of a commentary about why Superman is so great because Red Sun shows that what if he was brought up in communist Russia? And I saw Figbar's point, and, but at the same time, I thought this was still an interesting idea. But then we watched it. Anne and I sat down and watched it, and it was so lackluster. And it was so obvious. Everything it was moving towards was so obvious. There was no subtlety to the movie at all. And even this whole idea that Superman is weak to a part of his own world... You know, Superman is weak to kryptonite, which is a radioactive material of Krypton. That that same idea was in Brightburn, and it's just the whole movie felt so boring and contrived, and it was gruesome, and that was pretty cool. I don't mind gruesome horrors, but the more I thought about it, the more time that has passed since the movie came out, the less I liked it. In my opinion, the best part of the movie came at the end, during the credits, and that's what was most interesting about the whole movie. Now, I like Elizabeth Banks. I think she did a good job. I like David Denman. I like, what's that other guy's name? Matt Jones. The acting in this was okay. Jackson Dunn, who played Brandon, the kid, felt like he tried to channel Ralphie's brother from A Christmas Story. Now, I know a lot of people love The Christmas Story, but it it doesn't hold up well, and it's a boring movie. I am sorry. And Ralphie was barely interesting enough to make the movie somewhat watchable and his brother just stood there open mouthed like like they were trying to joke that he was retarded in fact if years later this very day the writers of this the writers of the movie or gene shepherd who wrote the novel a christmas story was based off of came out and said oh they actually all had various forms of autism i would 100 percent believe it But out of the whole movie, Ralphie's brother was the worst. And it felt like the kid in Brightburn was channeling him because he had two emotions. He was either boring as fuck or just rage. So despite the fact that this was an uninspired plot, 
The movie had a lot of potential that just fell so short, and I can't tell whose fault it is. Because I'm not going to blame the kid that plays Brandon. It's not his fault, because either the character was written that badly, or the director, David Yarovsky, thought, yeah, let's let this kid act like he overdoses on Ritalin every day. That'll be good for the movie. This movie just fell so, so short. It wasn't worth it. The most interesting part was the gruesome deaths in it, but the basic bitch story and the outstanding predictability of the whole thing makes it fall unbelievably short. If you look at the cover for this movie, it says from the producer James Gunn, visionary filmmaker behind Guardians of the Galaxy, and they should take that off because I don't blame James Gunn for this mess. I blame the writers and I blame the director. I've seen James Gunn movies. He does good work. He would never have done this. Brightburn gets a 4 out of 11. I actually talked more about that one than I thought. Another one of the movies we finally watched was a film from 2018 called Night School. And it's a comedy starring Kevin Hart and Tiffany Haddish, as well as, uh, what's, what's another big name? Uh, Rob Riggle. Okay, he's not big, but you probably know who he is. As well as, as well as Mary Lynn Rajskub from 24, and, oh, Ben Schwartz was in this too. Some of you may have already tuned out. Because certain comedic actors have a style. You know their style and you're not interested. People like Kevin Hart and Tiffany Haddish are two of those. Also on that list... We have Melissa McCarthy, someone I was famously against until I was shown more of her movies by Anne. Seth Rogen is another one. So this movie has two of them in it. Two of these comedians that have such a unique style that some people can already know, no, I I don't like this, I'm not going to like this. To which I say, almost? Slow your roll? Kind of? Because in this, Kevin Hart is is Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart, Hart plays his very particular type of character. Very familiar Kevin Hart role for Tiffany Haddish, though, it was quite different. Tiffany Haddish actually plays a very smart, well-spoken, hard-working teacher. Oh, I should tell you what it's about. Here it is. A group of high school dropouts are forced to attend night school in hopes that they'll pass the GED exam. One of them is Kevin Hart's character, Teddy, who had a job. He had a moderately good job selling barbecues and was going to take over the business from his boss. And then he proposed to his girlfriend who was played by... Oh, God, help me. Okay, Megalyn. That, that's the easy part. M- Megalyn Etchikinwoke, I think. Once again, if any of you out there know how to pronounce this woman's name, please let me know. But you would know her from that 70s show, 24, House of Lies, things like that. Anyway, Teddy proposes to his rich and well-to-do girlfriend, Lisa, who has no idea how broke he really is. But then during that, it all goes wrong. The place blows up because of an accident, and he can't get another job because he never finished high school. So it's about him going back to school to get his GED while hiding it from his girlfriend, or his now fiance. And I was really impressed with this movie, just because it didn't go for the ob... Not the obvious jokes per se, but the cliche jokes. It didn't go for the fact that all of these high school dropouts were idiots. They didn't have some sort of love triangle with Kevin Hart falling for Tiffany Haddish's character, even though he's engaged. That would be way too easy. Oh, Taron Killam was also in the movie. You'd know him from shows like Single Parents and Saturday Night Live. 
So we had this comedy that could have very, very easily gone for the easy jokes, but it doesn't. And I liked it. You still have to like Kevin Hart to watch this movie. If Tiffany Haddish isn't normally your cup of tea, I wouldn't let that put you off because her character in this is quite different from other characters of hers that you've probably seen. And I'm not saying there's no lowbrow, easy joke humor in this, but there were certain jokes in there that they could have gone for that would have made, made a lot of sense with the plot, and they didn't, and I actually like that quite a bit. I think I would rewatch this movie. I wouldn't rewatch it as much as I would something like 21 Jump Street, which, as you all know, I love very much. Or Booksmart. You know, you can add Booksmart to that list. I've yet to rewatch it, but I look forward to when I do. But I would definitely rewatch this movie. It was worth it. If you haven't seen it yet and you like comedies and also don't hate Kevin Hart style comedy, give it a shot. Night School gets an 8 out of 11. Okay, you know what? I decided I'm just going to do four movies, and then next week I'll talk about some of the other movies we've watched. But you know what? Let's take a quick break as we hear word from our friends at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast, and we'll come back with the next two movies and the question of the week. So stay tuned. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high-dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever internetting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall, filthy f***ing language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, Yeah, the f*** did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every f***ed up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of f***s and garnished with a crown of Shut the f*** up! How the f*** did we get here? F*** all that, a jelly bean. So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at WIMpodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. We're back, and the next movie I want to talk about that I've seen is a movie from 2018 that you may have heard of. I'm not sure how big it got, but it's uh, by a director named Brian Singer, apparently, and it's called Bohemian Rhapsody. I'm pretty sure that's right. Am I saying it right? If anyone out there knows how to pronounce this obscure title, let me know. Okay, I obviously want to see this movie, and I'm surprised I haven't seen it sooner because I love movies. It was a huge movie from two years ago, made a lot of waves, but I never got around to it, so I finally did. And the interesting thing is, I actually got the opinion of this film from one of our future friends, Brian Q, who is not a fan of this movie at all. But then on the other side, I had a friend from work whose opinion I really trust. Not that I don't trust Brian Q. I totally do. But then on the other side of things, I had a friend from work say that he really liked it. So I had two people whose opinion I trust give me two different views of this. So I decided, hey, it's about time to watch it myself. The Las Gatos Library had it. I watched the movie and... And, well, at least I got it over with and never have to watch it again. Good God. I was more disappointed with this film than I am at a restaurant, and I'm really looking forward to dessert, and the one thing I want is out. Weird analogy, I know, but from all the hype this film got, I I wanted so much more. That's not to say that there was nothing good about the movie. There were good things. The music was good. Of course it's f***ing good. It's Queen. Are you kidding me? If you don't like at least one Queen song, I have to ask if your ears are okay, because obviously you have bad taste. But for me, the 
biggest, biggest problem with the film is that it covers a huge span of time in two hours and 14 minutes. It goes from when Queen formed, and they formed in 1970. So it went from when Queen formed in 1970 to the Live Aid concert of 1985. So it spanned 15 years in two hours and 14 minutes. So guess what? There were some f***ing pacing issues up in this bitch. And I'm sorry, that's not entirely fair. There are movies that span a lot of time that don't have pacing issues. But this movie felt like, it felt like they made a four-hour film. It felt like they made this for two parts, lost the funding for two movies, cut one down, or cut those two movies down to fit one film, and then release that. It felt so choppy. Its flow was really bad so much so that even though i love queen even though i cared about freddie mercury's story going into this even though i cared about the band's story already going into this they already had me on the hook they lost me they lost me so much that by the end i was just glad it was over and i felt like at the end of the movie, I should have felt both triumphant and sad. Triumphant because we saw the amazing Live Aid performance from Queen, and it talks about Freddie Mercury's death, but I was just thinking about what should I watch next. I I didn't want to stew on the movie that much. I just, I talked to Anne, I said I didn't like it that much. If it wasn't for the music, if it wasn't for the those wonderful Queen songs, and a couple of actually good scenes on Rami Malek's part, then the movie would have been unwatchable. It would have been complete garbage instead of just a mess. And Brian Q, I know you and I are going to disagree on this, but I don't think Rami Malek was was necessarily lacking or bad. I think that everything around him, the whole narrative, the whole story suffered so much that even the best actor in the f***ing world couldn't have saved it. So did the prosthesis that Rami Malek wore help him become Freddie Mercury? Yeah, sure. But I think the failure of this film was not with any of the actors. I think the failure of the film was with the writing and probably the directing, because Brian Singer is really hit or miss. Remember, he did X-Men Apocalypse, and that was awful. People like him because he did Usual Suspects and the first two X-Men movies, and then we just forget he did, he did other X-Men movies too. But we forget that he's done a lot of crap. So Bohemian Rhapsody could have been so good. I What I think is it needed to be a little longer. I think people would have given more time for a better Queen movie. I think they could have added a little more time, worked out their goddamn pacing issues, which I don't even know how they can do. I don't even know what they need to cut. The movie was such a mess. And something else the movie doesn't have going for it is that the best part of it was the music. And guess what? You don't need the movie to have the music. Buy the greatest hits of Queen. There you go. Do you have Spotify? There you go. Hell, look up the songs on YouTube. There are ways to watch it whether or not you own the music. So in the end of the day, there is nothing that the movie has. Nothing that makes me ever want to watch it again. And I think if the movie wasn't hyped so much, I may have even looked at it a little, a little kinder. But the fact that it was hyped so much, that award season was talking about it so much, it was up for all of these awards, and I just saw that, I was let down. So if you haven't seen this movie yet, do yourself a favor and don't. Bohemian Rhapsody gets a four 
out of 11. Alright, my future friends, we have one more movie, and that movie is one that was quite controversial, and it's from two years ago, and that movie is called Green Book. So if you don't remember, Green Book is about a working-class Italian-American bouncer and, he, and how he becomes the driver of an African-American classical pianist on a tour of venues through the 1960s American South, where things were pretty racist and, you know, not good. So he was hired to take this guy, and it's based on a true story. It's based on the friendship between Tony Lip and Dr. Donald Shirley. Dr. Donald Shirley, a famous, famous pianist, and Tony Lip, famous for being, well, Dr. Donald Shirley's friend and kind of a wise guy, and how he worked at the Copacabana for years. So this movie is called Green Book because there was a book called The Green Book for African Americans who were traveling during the South during that time and had a list of motels that would allow black people to stay there, uh, places they can eat at, where toilets were, basically places that they were allowed to eat at and wouldn't get arrested for being black. So this stars Viggo Mortensen as Tony Lip and Mershala Ali as Dr. Donald Shirley, had Linda Cardinelli as Tony Lip's wife. And if you don't remember, the biggest problem with this movie that people had was that it's a story of a white savior. So let's tell the story of this black guy, but through the lens of this white guy who helped him out. And I went into this movie with open with an open mind because I wanted to be socially aware. I wanted to have my wokeness, well, woke, while watching the film, but I also wanted to go in it not having this notion that it was going to be something I should be outraged about. Grr. And I after I watched the movie, I I liked it. And let me say this, I, I get the argument of the of the people who are against these white savior movies. I understand it. I see where you're coming from. But come on. Just relax. This was a good movie. It showed that this person, Tony Lip, kind of an ass, kind of a racist ass, could have his eyes opened to the suffering of black people, of the mistreatment of them. And maybe he didn't become some big activist, but we see that people can change. And especially this day and age, when we're more divided than ever, it doesn't matter if you're Republican or Democrat, both sides are dividing us, and we're being divided for tons of different reasons. As a country, we're being judged more than ever, because it matters what color you are, it matters what gender, it matters what, what you identify as. Everything matters these days so much. And we put ourselves in these little boxes and point at the other boxes and go f*** those boxes over there that what's so wrong with a movie that shows people getting along? What is so f***ing wrong with a movie about this guy who's not a good guy learning to be a better guy helping this other guy who has problems of his own and becoming friends? Why is that such a bad thing? Why do we look at a movie like this and harp on it so much. Pull the stick out of your ass and just enjoy a f***ing movie for Christ's sake. And you know what? Yes, it is true. I am not black. I cannot even begin to imagine how I would watch this movie were I black. 
But I do know racism. I have experienced racism in my life. I have experienced being an outsider. So I at least can understand a little bit what that's like. And the unbelievable pain in your soul when you realize that you are being made fun of or being hated on because of who you are, of nothing you did. So I may not be black. I cannot speak to that aspect of this movie. I cannot speak as a as a black person, because guess what? I'm not. But I can speak as someone who knows what it's like to suffer racial prejudice. And not nearly as much as my ancestors. Not nearly as much as Dr. Donald Shirley in this film. Not even as much as people who are alive today. But guess what? I can watch this film, this this enjoyable film that's well acted, doesn't have any f***ing pacing issues, hello Bohemian Rhapsody, that has a positive message about getting along, that has a positive message about that we're more than what we are on the skin, and I can just enjoy it. And if you can't, if you can't watch a movie like this and just enjoy it for what it is, if you have to pick it apart, then I feel sorry for you. It must suck to be you. I'm not saying don't have your woke goggles on when you watch I'm saying sometimes it's okay to calm the down and enjoy something. In today's society, there are a lot of us who are just so quick to jump on something that even remotely offends us instead of taking a moment and thinking about it going what is this movie what is this show what is this song what what is this media or what is this other human being trying to say what is their intention what is being communicated to me but no we see something that flashes a red light that goes no this is an injustice somehow and i have to jump all over it and of course there'll be plenty of times where that is the appropriate response where you see something see something wrong and we have a cancel party cancel so-and-so because they're racist cancel so-and-so because they're a bigot sure great do shit like that But when a movie like Green Book comes out that has a positive message that tries to show us that despite our differences, especially between these two people, especially between a white guy and a black guy and a racist white guy, we can see this this story acted out on the silver screen or on the small screen at home that they even they can get along and become friends and find common ground and enjoy each other's company. What the is wrong with that? If the movie presented the story differently, if it said, oh, look at this wonderful white guy saving this poor black man, he wouldn't have been able to do anything without this white guy, then sure, I would understand a negative response to that. But the character growth was done so well on both of their parts, but especially on Tony Lip's part, his growth as a human being, just being around Dr. Donald Shirley and learning the struggles that he goes through, and not even him, people, black people in the South go through, seeing his growth through that, that is a good message. We need to get along. We need, as a society, to calm the f*** down and also remember that it's okay to watch a movie and just enjoy it if you watch this movie and you don't like it for other reasons that is perfectly fine guess what that is your fucking right if you hated the movie for another reason maybe you thought it was boring maybe you thought the acting wasn't great maybe you thought it was too pretentious maybe you thought yeah it was just too try hard that's fine that's that those are good reasons to hate a movie but in the end just watch a movie this movie was well acted well written The pacing was really good. It showed the progress 
that Tony Lip was making as a person, the progress of him understanding Dr. Donald Shirley as a person, the growth of their friendship, it showed it so well that when it all wraps up, when the movie was all said and done, I enjoyed it. I was happy with it. I'm glad I watched it. Do I think it deserved the Oscar for Best Picture? You know, I loved Black Panther. I loved Black Panther. I don't think it was good enough for Best Picture. I still haven't watched Black Klansman, so I can't say on that part. Bohemian Rhapsody? No, that didn't deserve any Oscars. Maybe Best Makeup? I haven't seen The Favorite. I haven't seen Roma. I haven't seen Vice. Uh, A Star is Born was good. I think that... Green Book was better as a movie, but I think A Star Was Born was great for other reasons. So what I'm trying to say is I can't say if, in my opinion, it deserved Best Picture. Because I've only seen about half of that year's nominees. But out of those half of I've, half that I've seen, yes. Yes, it does. God, do you imagine the rant I would have gone on if I agreed with the haters on this? Green Book gets an 8 out of 11. Well, my future friends, that is it. Let us hear a word from our friends at the We're Doing Fine podcast with Robbie and Lisa, and we'll be back with the question of the week. Please stay tuned. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're We're Doing Doing Fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single popular culture and basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in because we're We're doing doing fine all right everyone we are back with the question of the week so let me remind you what that question was it was a two-part question well not really there was the main question and then a bonus question the main question was which fictional character do you think would handle a coronavirus quarantine the best? And the follow-up question was, if you're quarantined, what would be the first show you'd binge? Let's turn to SoundCloud for the first answer. Good friend of the show, Fratmat, says streamed The Dairy Girls first. And I've actually not heard of this show. Uh, maybe I heard about it once, but j- then it slipped my mind. But it's a Netflix original show. It's a British sitcom, actually. And here I was hoping it would take place in Derry, Maine. And this takes place near the end of the Northern Ireland conflict. And it follows four Catholic schoolgirls. Sounds interesting. I I will check this out. And for our next answer, we go to Brian Q. Good old Brian Q. Who says Klaus Kinski's Nosferatu as to which fictional character would handle this the best. He would move through the plague in a mist, infesting everywhere with rats. He could easily feast without anyone being aware of his misdeeds. And that is a good answer. And I bet you that this virus wouldn't even affect him, so he could just feed on whoever he wants. He could go to quarantine areas where people are infected, people who have to stay home, people who are all alone, feed on them and be a while before anyone noticed. So good answer there. Thank you very much. For the next answer, we go to Anne. See, we are blessed this week. We had two answers outside of the family. For Inside the Family, we have Anne who says, most likely to survive would be Crowley from Supernatural. Let's face it, he probably started the thing, which is very true. In which TV show would she binge first? She said Buffy or Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. To which she's already kind of doing she watches she's watched the whole 
series that's been released so far like a million times and listens listens to the soundtrack on repeat. If you haven't seen Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, it's, it's actually a pretty good show. I like it. It's catchy, good characters, good songs. It's about this woman who is getting an MRI or something, and then there's this weird power outage, and the guy's iPod, because if you ever had an MRI, you may know that sometimes they give you headphones, you can listen to music. The iPod he has connected to the system that's going to her headphones sends a shock into it, and all the music gets downloaded into her head, and now she can see people's thoughts or true feelings through a song they sing to her, or just sing in general, that only she could see. So then... She now knows more about certain people and is compelled to help them, otherwise they won't stop singing the songs. It sounds ridiculous, but it's a it's a pretty good show, and you may know it because NBC made it an ad before videos on YouTube, and the ad was the whole first episode, and they made it skippable, so you didn't have to watch it, that'd be a dick move. But actually, quite a few people ended up watching the whole episode before whatever it was they were trying to watch. And well, it's time for my answer now, and it'd be very easy to say Dresden from the Dresden Files. That'd be so easy, because he's a f***ing wizard. But I try not to use Harry Dresden or anything from the Dresden Files in too many of my answers for things, because it's my favorite book series. I love it. I can just reread it and reread it and reread it and just be entertained. There are 15 books out so far, including two uh, two collections of short stories written about Dresden, with two more books coming out this year, so I would have plenty to read. I can joke and say no face from Hayao Miyazaki's Spirited Away because, oh, he can't touch his face, so he can't get the germs. The germs. The virus. But seeing as he's a spirit, he probably couldn't get the virus anyway. So for my real answer, I'm going to say Bones. That's right, Leonard McCoy from Star Trek. It's true, I could have picked any of the doctors from Star Trek. I could have picked someone from Star Wars. Well, let's be honest, I could have picked so many different characters, but McCoy, because if you remember in Star Trek, he was always f***ing scanning people for shit, so he would be able to find out who has it, get and stay away from them. He probably has some futuristic thing they can put on over his mouth to kill the germs before it gets to him, and then he probably has some other futuristic space invention that can just eradicate the disease. But at the very least, he could be ornery enough that people would just stay the hell away from him. Well, my future friends, it is time for the next question of the week. And this week's question is, you know what? It may be ininventive of me, but let's keep this speculation regarding fictional characters going. And let's say you have to be quarantined Like, full quarantine, no leaving the house, you will somehow magically get food, but you have to be quarantined with one fictional character. Who do you want it to be? So once again, to reiterate, you have to be quarantined with one fictional character. Which character do you pick? And you know what? Let's let's throw in another bonus question, just for shiggles. What's the first movie you've watched during all this, uh, you know, shenanigans regarding uh, coronavirus? And if you can't remember the first, just tell me the latest or, or one of them that stuck out to you. Well, my future friends, that is it for episode 169 of Future Flicks with Billiam. Let us go into the closing housekeeping. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That is somewhatnerdy.com. I would really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. I would love five stars, please. 
and also share the podcast. Share with your friends. That is how we grow here on the show. And then how do you reach me? That is a great question. You can leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. You can leave a comment on SoundCloud. You can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at BilliamSWN. You can email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. And please consider supporting the show on Patreon. You can find a link in the show notes and also on the Somewhat Nerdy site. Be sure to check out the other shows in the network, Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle. Don't forget to support the friends of the show. You've heard their ads tonight. Please check out my personal blog, BilliamTheNerd.com. And then finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future friends, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future. <laughs>